Welcome to the Money Love Podcast. I'm your host and money coach, Paige Pritchard. If you're ready to uplevel your results in relationship with money, you're in the right place. Each week, I give you the tools to transform your mindset, manage your emotions, and achieve results with your money you never dreamed were possible. Hello, welcome to episode 128 of the Money Love Podcast. Okay, y'all, we are getting into the nitty gritty in today's episode. This is not going to be one of those episodes where we just talk about a high level personal development topic, which, of course, I love those episodes, but this is really going to be one where we're going to get in the weeds a little bit. Also, might be one that you want to listen to several times, take some notes on, because today I am going to be walking you through my process of how to manage your money, how to budget, how to thrive financially on an irregular income. So if you are somebody who has a nice, clean, crispy salary from your nine to five, they pay you the same amount at the same time period. You know exactly what you're going to be making and when. This is not going to be the episode for you. I don't say this often, but this just might be an episode that you don't need to spend your time listening to. And we'll see you next week. (laughs) But I actually know that there are a lot of you because There's actually so many different scenarios and situations where we're dealing with a variable income that fluctuates month to month or paycheck to paycheck. And that's the first thing that I want to tell you is that I feel like those of us who are in situations like this, we feel like we're the only ones. Like it feels sometimes like, gosh, like everybody works just these nice, clean jobs that just pay them the same amount on the same schedule. It's so clear for them, it's so clean for them. They know exactly what they're going to be making and when. And then I'm over here and I go into a month. And because of the nature of my work and what I do, like I don't know what I'm going to make. There's so many different situations where that could be the case. And I know for me personally, I've been through many of those situations. I feel like I've been all over the spectrum on this. I've been in situations where I've worked the salary job where, again, it was very clean cut and I knew exactly what I was going to get paid and when. And then I basically switched overnight to being 100% commission. That was when I sold cars. My first year selling cars, they paid me a $60,000 salary. That was just the deal. If you were brand new, fresh out of school, and like you didn't have a book of business, they were very kind to be like, okay, instead of earning commission for what you sell, we're just going to pay you a salary. And no matter what you sell, you're going to make $60,000 this year. And so that made it very clean and straightforward from a payroll perspective. And then after your first year, they were like, okay, congrats, you're now 100% commission. (laughs) So it really did feel like you were kind of falling off a cliff, a financial cliff or a payroll cliff overnight. But I've lived both of those worlds on both of those spectrums of full salary, it being really consistent to straight commission, and you only get paid what you sell. And every single month was totally, totally different. I've also lived a hybrid of that. So the corporate job that I worked in for about nine years, I had a base salary and then I would earn commission for what I would sell up and above that because I was in data business to business sales. And so I would have one paycheck every month that I knew exactly what I was going to make because that was my base salary. And then the second paycheck every month would be my base salary plus commissions from the previous month. And so that paycheck was always different. And I mean, by the time that it would get paid to me, I would know what the paycheck was going to be because they would give us reports a couple weeks in advance. But 
that number was different every single month. And now I'm a business owner and an entrepreneur and I run a business that every single month is totally different. I make different amounts every single month. I can go into a month having a rough idea of what I'm going to bring in from the business. But of course, that's revenue, right? All of my business owners, you know that what you bring into your business is not what you get to pull out into your personal checking account and pay yourself with, right? You have taxes, you have expenses, you have money that you need to keep in for profit. So all that to say, it's like, I feel you. Wherever you are, I feel you. There's so many situations like this. Maybe you're like me and you're a business owner and you pay yourself out of your business. Maybe you are an hourly employee with opportunity for overtime. So the amount that you are paid every single month or pay cycle depends on how much or how little you're working. Maybe you work like me with the cars. You work a job that is fully commissioned. You're in sales or you're a realtor. Maybe you do a hybrid situation like I had in my corporate job. So you have a base salary plus commission. Or maybe you just work in an industry where tips, tips are a really big part of your income. So depending on how much you're working, how good business is, how generous people are with their money and their tips, that's all going to determine how much you're going to bring home. So all that to say is don't feel like you're alone, okay? There's a whole bunch of us out here (laughs) all trying to do this. And I want to show you that regardless of what situation you're in, because I've been in all of these situations across the entire spectrum, it is possible to not only get by, to not only manage, but also to financially thrive on a variable or irregular income. And I'm going to walk you through exactly what I do in this episode, exactly what I teach people inside the membership when they ask me this question. I would say that out of all the questions that I get asked, this is in the top 10 easily, easily. It's like, Paige, help me. I am struggling. I just can't seem to get my arms around this. How do I do this? That's exactly what we're going to break down in this episode today. All right, let's go and jump in. First place we're going to start, of course, you know me, is with mindset. Because there's one key mindset component of this that I feel like has to be addressed before we can get into the nitty gritty, which is debunking the mindset that I have a variable income, therefore I cannot budget, I can't plan, I can't be prepared for financial expenses that come my way. I hear this so, so often. Again, I know it sounds kind of harsh, but like people use it as an excuse. They use it as a crutch, I feel, to say like, well, I don't really know what I'm going to make. I don't really know what I'm going to bring in. So therefore, I can't plan. Therefore, I can't be ready and I can't prepare and I can't make progress financially. And it's simply not true, y'all. Like if you believe that, I love you so much and you're wrong. (laughs) You're wrong. And I also love you so much. But I think it's important just to point that out to say, like, it's just simply not true. But if you have that belief, and if you are clinging on to that belief, kind of as a crutch so that you don't have to make a plan for your money, and you don't have to be proactive with your finances, then this will be something that you always struggle with. And it will be something that holds you back from reaching your full financial potential moving forward. So it's absolutely a belief that you just have to make the decision not to subscribe to anymore. It has to be a belief that you choose to drop. Moving forward, you have to be rooted and anchored in the belief of no matter how much money I make and no matter when it comes to me, 
I can be financially prepared. I can thrive financially. I can make a plan for my money. It's simply just a different process and a different set of steps than somebody with a fixed income would have to do, but there is a path to getting to the same result. I just have to take a different way there. So got to point that out. It's so incredibly important. Now, let's start with the nitty gritty. The most important thing with the steps that I'm going to walk you through here is the following. If you take one sentence from this episode, have it be this. Some of y'all, we need to tattoo this across our forehead. We need to figure out a way to make the irregular regular and how to make the inconsistent consistent. That's the question you need to be asking and answering. How do I make the irregular regular and the inconsistent consistent? That's exactly what this process is going to do. I think you'll see that is it's going to take your finances that maybe right now feel like a roller coaster, meaning one month it's up, one month it's down, one month it's up, one month it's down. And it's really going to flatten it out and level it out. Your money should not feel like an amusement park ride. Right? It just shouldn't. Your money should actually be pretty boring. It really should. Your money should be actually pretty boring. And what makes your money boring is making it regular and consistent, knowing exactly what you're going to be allowing yourself to live off of on a monthly basis. That's what we're going to do. So here is the first step in this process. I want you to kind of come out of the trees, come up and look at the entire forest. That's step one. And when I say the forest, what I mean is your income across at least a 12-month time period, if you have that much historical data at your current income source. Even if you have more than a year, great. The more time that you have, the better. I would say that max, we need to look at two years of income at your current income source if you have it. Okay. But if you don't have two years, just use however much you have. Maybe you have 18 months, maybe you have a year, maybe you only have six months. That's okay. We're going to look at as much historical data as we have with the current income source that we're talking about here, the variable income source. And if you have multiple sources of variable income, we're going to do this with all of them. So the first thing I want you to do is take some time and sit down and gather how much money you have made per month from this variable income source net. All right. So net means after everything has been taken out of it, after taxes have been taken out and healthcare has been taken out and any other contributions that you make for whatever reason, the number that is actually hitting your bank account, that's the number that we want. I think the easiest way to do this is just to put it into an Excel spreadsheet. So I'm going to use my old corporate job as an example here. Let's say I'm still at my old corporate job. I'm going to sit down and in an Excel spreadsheet, I'm going to do all of my income for 2022 January through December, and all of my income for 2023, January and December. And I say that because I'm recording this at the start of 2024. So it's kind of like that would be the past two years. Then what I'm going to do is across that two-year time period, I'm going to take the lowest six months, the lowest six months, and I'm going to average those lowest six months to give me an average (laughs) of those lowest six months. I'll say it again. Now, if you don't have two years of data, let's say you only have a year, do three months. 
That is going to give you what we are calling your base pay. And that number, I want you to circle that number. I want you to ingrain that number in your brain because when we're talking about this process, that number is the most important part of this process because that is your new number that we are operating everything off of. I want you to kind of think of that number as this is the amount that I am going to allow myself to live off of. This is the number that I'm going to revolve all of my expenses around, revolve my lifestyle around, because this is my new base pay. This is my new number that I'm going to live off of every single month. Now, I can already hear the moaning and groaning a little bit, and I get it, and I understand because you're like, Paige, you just told me to do the lowest months, and now you're telling me that that needs to be the number that I live off of. Like, can we not use like the middle months? Can we not just take an average of the entire year? Here's why I have you do the lowest months and not an average of the entire year. I tend to err more on the side of being conservative with this process because if you can do the lowest months, I know in theory it doesn't sound great, okay? But stick with me because when you actually go to live this out in real life, it's actually so much better to use the lower months because when you are using the lower months instead of an average of all of the months, most months, most months, you will actually be making more than what you need to live off of. Because again, we're taking your that base number, that base pay, and we're revolving your lifestyle and our expenses around that number. And when we're using the lower end of that range, most months you're actually going to be making at least that base pay, if not more, which is a really, really, really good problem to have. I'm going to tell you this. I would much rather have that problem than being a little riskier and going on the higher end of things and having a higher number of months where I'm not making that base pay, where I'm making less of that base pay number, where I don't have the money that I need, which then means I'm having to live off of credit cards or I'm having to dip into savings or I'm having to pull money from other places. Like I get it. In theory, we're like, oh, I want to I want to build my lifestyle on the higher end of that. But the problems that that creates, I promise you, it's absolutely not worth it. So I'm team Let's be conservative. Let's stick on the lower end of that range to get that base pay number. So again, you have that number. You're going to ingrain that number into your brain and you're going to say to yourself, this is the number that I am now living off of on a monthly basis. If you are managing your finances, just you, great, you're done. If you are managing your finances with another person, with a spouse or a partner, you are going to combine your number with their number. If you're in a situation where you are managing finances collectively together, if your partner is in a similar situation where they also have a variable income, I highly encourage you to have them do this as well. So then you will both have that base pay number for the both of you. Again, if you're in a situation where you're managing your finances together. So here's how this is going to look. Let's go back to my corporate job example. Let's say in my corporate job, I do this. I look at two years of income. I take the six lowest months and I take the average of those six lowest months. And that gives me $5,000. So $5,000 has just become, okay, this is how I'm going to make the irregular regular. 
Some months I might make $4,500. Some months I might make $5,500 or $6,000 or $7,000 or $10,000, right? But regardless of how much I make, I am always going to base my spending plan off of this $5,000 number. When you can create that consistency with your finances, no matter what, that is really how you get yourself into a position of control and calm and preparedness with your finances. Because here's the thing, here's what most people do who live on a variable income, is whatever they get paid in a given month, they will spend. And this is the problem. This is why people get into the mindset of, oh, well, I can't I can't get ahead. I can't be prepared. I can't financially thrive. The problem isn't that you have a variable income. The problem is that you spend whatever you make. Because here's what often ends up happening. I've talked about Parkinson's law on the podcast before, and I actually think I talked about it pretty recently. But you know what? We're just going to cover it again because there's no harm in just hearing a concept twice to just really let it sink in. But again, Parkinson's law deals with time. And it basically says that the amount of time that you give a task to be completed, that task will take up that entire allotment of time. So if you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to give myself a week to finish this task, it's most likely going to take a week. Versus if you tell yourself, okay, I'm going to give myself two hours to finish this, it'll most likely take two hours. Many have people said that Parkinson's law applies to other areas of our life, and it absolutely applies to our money. Meaning the size of the container that you give something to take up, it will take up. Our spending is this way. So if you tell yourself the size of the container that I'm giving my spending to take up is my entire monthly income, it will take up that entire monthly income. And this is what often happens with people with variable incomes. Whatever it is that they make in a given month, they will end up spending that entire amount. And the problem with this comes in when they have higher months or better months where more money is coming in, it all gets spent. It all gets sucked up. You will find a place to spend that money. But then the problem presents itself when you have a lower month when things aren't going so great, when the sales aren't as high or there's changes in the economy or there's changes in the industry, or maybe you get sick or somebody in your life gets sick and you can't work as much and there's not as much money coming in. And then you're in a situation where you're like, well, shoot, uh, I'm not making as much money as I'm used to. I don't have the money here that I need to cover my lifestyle this month. And so again, then you're in a situation where you're putting stuff on credit cards and dipping into savings and other financial goals start to be sacrificed simply so that you can just get by. And that is the trap that so many people fall into, which is why you establishing this base pay is so important because you tell yourself, no matter what I make, whether it's lower or it's higher, it's not changing. This is the number that I am basing my expenses and my lifestyle on. Now, let's conceptually think about this for a second, right? Because if we're following these steps and we are basing this base pay on the lower end of our income, which again, for what I explained, I recommend that you do. The cherry on top is that most months you are going to have something called overflow, which means any money that is up and above the base pay. So if I'm basing 
my base pay off of the lower end, most months I am going to make more or bring in more than that $5,000 number. And again, this is a really, really good problem to have. So we need to figure out where are we going to keep, store, how do we organize what we're going to call overflow for the context of this situation. And I have two suggestions for you depending on what situation that you're in. If you are team business owner, team entrepreneur like me, more than likely what your situation is, is that you have bank accounts that are specific to your business. So you have maybe like a personal checking and a personal savings account, but you'll also have a business checking and a business savings account. In that situation, I recommend that you just keep your overflow in your business account. You don't need to move it anywhere. Just keep it there. And like what I do for my business is I have a budget in YNAB for my business. So I have a budget for personal and I have a budget for my business. And as money is coming into my business every single month, I know what I'm going to pay myself. And if I have a month that is a good month and I end up earning more than that, I don't do anything with that money. It literally just sits in my business checking account and I have an overflow line item. It's called overflow in my YNAB business budget that I assign that money to. So I can clearly see like, okay, this is how much overflow I have in my business checking account that I don't need for something else, that I don't need for taxes or expenses or whatever. Okay. So if you're a business owner, just keep it in your business account. If you're not a business owner and you don't have business accounts, so let's just say like you're paid hourly, you're a straight commission job or you know, your salary plus commission, whatever it is, what I want you to do is I want you to open up an additional account. And I recommend making this a high yield savings account because this account is going to be what we're calling your overflow account. And it's really just going to be a holding account. We're not going to do anything fancy with it. We don't need a bunch of buckets and categorizations and things like that. It's just going to be an account that we're going to call overflow. And Since it's just a holding account and money is just going to be kind of just like sitting in there, chilling, hanging out, I recommend that you make it a high yield savings account so that it can at least be earning some interest while the money is sitting there. Now, the purpose of this overflow account is to simply just hold your overflow. So let's say one month I make $6,000 instead of $5,000. What I'm going to do in that situation is that $6,000 is going to come into my checking account from my corporate paycheck. It's going to go into my main account. Now, again, what most people would do is they would just leave all of that $6,000 in their checking account, right? They'd just be like, woohoo, like had a great month. And then all of that money would get sucked up. $6,000, poof, gone. But what you're going to do is you're going to say, okay, I have my base pay of $5,000, which means I have an overflow of $1,000. So I'm going to transfer that $1,000 overflow into my overflow account. And you're going to do that every single time that you're paid, whether you're paid once a month or whether you're paid twice a month or whatever. And you can figure out how you want to do it, right? Like, let's just say you're paid twice a month. Like the first paycheck I get, I'm only going to transfer something to overflow if that first paycheck happens to be over up and above the overflow amount, right? But normally that won't happen. So like my first paycheck, I normally don't have to do or transfer anything. And then my second paycheck that I get, I'm going to fill my base pay up into whatever that number is. In this example, up into the $5,000, anything above that $5,000 is going into my overflow account. Now, your overflow account is so important because... 
inevitably, it's not a matter of if, but when you are going to have a situation where with your variable income, you don't have what you need for your base pay. I'm not saying it's a 100% guarantee to happen, but I would say for most people in most situations, it happens about 90% of the time. And that's simply just because industries are cyclical. There's ebbs and flows. There's ups and downs. There's feasts and famines. And when times are good, what we want to be doing is preparing for when times aren't going to be so good because those times are inevitably going to come. A very clear example that I have that I hear a lot from you guys is just how much the housing market and all of the different jobs and professions that are connected to that industry has so drastically changed in the past like two or three years. You know, in 2020 or in 2021, when everybody was moving, everybody was buying houses, interest rates were at an all-time low. Most realtors and most mortgage brokers had their best years ever. It was like houses were flying off left and right. The market, everybody needed a mortgage. And so in that industry, people were making so much money, right? It was definitely the feast. And then the environment changed and the Fed decided that things were getting too crazy. And so they started raising interest rates, which then drastically affected supply and demand in the market. The market slowed down substantially. You're not selling as many houses. There's not as many people buying, which means that less people need mortgages. And so it just drastically changed how much money people in that industry were making. And I've talked to several of you who have told me like, yeah, like Paige, the trap that I fell into was in 2020 or in 2021, things were going so well. I was making so much money. But the problem was, is again, Parkinson's law, whatever was coming in, I was spending it. And I always just kind of had in my mind, like, it's always going to be this way. It's always just going to keep going up and up and up and up. There's never going to be a downturn. But then the downturn came. And the problem with that is that when you fall into that mindset of like, whatever comes in, I'm going to spend, it's always going to keep growing and getting bigger. The bubble's not going to burst, is that eventually the bubble does burst. But when the bubble burst, you've already expanded your lifestyle and your expenses to a point where you need that much larger income to sustain that, that much larger income that isn't currently being supported by the current economy or the current industry that you're in. And I think I've said this before, but it's very true. It's like it's so much easier to expand than it is to retract. Okay. It's so much easier to expand than it is to retract. And it's a really uncomfortable situation where you have to retract your lifestyle when you're like, okay, things got too big too expensive. I can't continue to live the way that I want to live. I'm going to have to make cuts. I'm going to have to get rid of things. I'm going to have to sell things. I'm going to have to downsize, whatever it is. Like That situation is so much more uncomfortable to have to pull back and retract than it is just to stay steady and just to say, like, I know that I am living on a lot less 
than I'm making. And I know that there's things that I could go out and buy and there's things that I could go out and do, but I'm keeping my overflow in my overflow. Because what the overflow will allow you to do is when the bubble bursts, when your industry changes, when you get sick, when someone else gets sick and you can't work as much, it's not a problem because you know that you have this money sitting in what's called your overflow. And for those of us who have variable income, Your overflow is the money that is meant to backfill the lower months. Now, two more things I kind of want to give you here. Just to recap, we list out your income. We take a handful of the lowest months, which gives us an average, and that average becomes our base pay. That base pay is now your income that you are going to use to dictate your spending plan, your money map, your budget, whatever it is that you want to call it. You're going to create a holding account for what we're calling your overflow. And any money that comes in up and above your base pay goes into that overflow account. The question then becomes, okay, well, like how long do I do this for? Because if I'm using the lower months and I'm being conservative, most months I will have money to put into overflow. And at what point do I say, okay, my overflow, it's getting to a point where there is a lot of money in there. And so at what point can I kind of reevaluate or at what point can I kind of dip into that and maybe spend some of that money to say like, okay, I think I have enough cushion and enough overflow. I don't need all of this money in here. My process that I do for me is I evaluate every six months. So I do this on January 1st and July 1st. You can pick dates that work for you. And you also don't have to do six months. Like if you want to do this once a quarter, if you want to do it on January 1, April 1, July 1, and October 1, you can do that as well. I do six months, but every six months, what I will do is I will kind of start this process all over again, which this process really doesn't take a long time. And when I say I'll start the process over, what I mean by that is I will go back and gather another 12 to 24 months of income. And I know it sounds like a lot because you're like, oh my gosh, I got to like go gather all those numbers again. Just keep this in an Excel spreadsheet that you have easy access to. Because when you're doing this every three months or every six months, you don't have to start from scratch. You don't have to start from ground zero. Like for me, I'm just taking out the oldest six months and putting in the newest six months. So I'm just kind of like updating that time period. The oldest six months are falling off. The newest six months are coming in. And then I go through the same process. I find the lowest six months. I take an average of that. That becomes my new base pay. And the cool part about this is let's just say that your pay is going up. So let's just say that your business starts to make more money. You start to sell more. You start to make more money. Maybe your hourly wage got bumped or whatever it is. When you're reevaluating this every couple of months, by getting rid of the older months and bringing in data for newer months, it will account for that. It will account for changes in income both ways, whether your income is going up and trending in an upward direction or if your income is going down and it's trending in a downward direction. It's going to account for both of those. So every six months, I am establishing a new base pay for myself to say, okay, this is now my new base pay that everything is going to be based off of. And of course, the goal right, is to always have that base pay slowly increasing and slowly creeping up. And also at that point in time, I evaluate the money that I have in my overflow account. So I say to myself, okay, how much money do I have in this overflow account? 
And what I typically try to do is get to a point where I have three months in my overflow account. That's just a number that I'm personally comfortable with. So at that six-month mark, I will look at how much money is in my overflow account and anything up and above three months in that overflow account at that point in time, I will go ahead and transfer into my personal account as like an owner distribution or kind of as like a bonus or profit or whatever you want to call it. But again, even if you're not a business owner, if your overflow account is just a personal account, you could also evaluate it at that time, at the three-month mark or the six-month mark, whatever you want to do. You're going to calculate a new base pay and you're also just going to kind of check in with your overflow account, see what's in there and see like, okay, am I past the point of feeling good and comfortable about this? And I think being three months ahead with your overflow account is a good place to be. So really anything up and above that, you can go ahead and transfer to your personal account and use for whatever you want to use it for. Debt, savings, going on a trip, buying something that you really want to buy. But the last thing that I want to say about this process, and this is really important, is that this is something that you have to be willing to commit to over a long period of time. You have to tell yourself, like, this is how I'm managing my money and my finances now. And this is something that I'm going to commit to to the long term. And with that comes an understanding that it could take several months, it could take six months, it could even take a full year to really get into the cycle of this depending on the variability or the seasonality of your income. And the thing about this is like every situation is unique, right? It's like if I were to look at a hundred different situations of people having variable income, it would be like snowflakes. Every single one would be completely different in terms of how much they're making, when they're paid, the variability and the seasonality of the income and all that sort of thing. And so like you could start this process and you could kind of be in a period of time where you're kind of in the lower parts right now. And so it feels like, okay, I'm at the point in this process where I feel like I don't have a lot of overflow. I've calculated my base pay and I don't have... Right now, currently, I'm not making a lot of money up and above my base pay. So I really don't have a lot of money right now going into my overflow. But six months from now, I might have three or four months in a row where I'm making a lot of money up and above my base pay. And so during that period of time, there could be a lot of money going into my overflow account. And so I think it's important just to say, like, before you give up on this and throw in the towel on this process, you got to commit to it for at least a year, which I know you're like, a year? But listen, if this is how you're going to choose to make your money, if you have decided, like, more than likely, I am going to be someone who has a variable income for the foreseeable future, a year is nothing, truly. It really, really, really isn't. And I say get one year under your belt of doing this process because once you've gotten through a year, you've gotten through all the ups and downs and the seasonality and the ebbs and flows of everything that comes with changes in a year. So don't just do this for a month or even two or even three months and be like, I don't like this. This isn't working. You have to be willing to do this for at least a year. And once you get past the first year, you've got a year under your belt and everything will start to smooth out when it comes to what's going in, what's going into your overflow account, how much you have in your overflow account, all of that good stuff. That's what I have for you. How to manage your money on an irregular variable 
income. Again, I know this one was a bit more in the weeds, a bit more nitty gritty, but I really hope that it was helpful to you. And also just know like you are not alone. There are so many more people out there than you probably think or realize that have variable incomes where it's different every month, different every pay period. They're not quite sure what they're going to make. What they're making is based off of what they sell. It's based off of how much they can work. It's based off how much money their business brings in. Like It's based on a lot of variable factors that are constantly ebbing and flowing and changing. But just because sometimes those circumstances can feel a little unknown and chaotic, that doesn't mean that your finances have to feel chaotic. Again, this entire process is about asking and answering, how can I make the irregular regular? How can I make the inconsistent consistent? How can I bring regularity to a situation that feels irregular? I really, really hope that this episode has helped you. And do me a favor, please make sure, like if you know of anyone in your life, a friend, a parent, a sibling who you know that they make an irregular income, please don't be shy about sending them this episode. It really does mean so much to me when you guys share the podcast either with other people or you share it on social media. I love to see what you guys are listening to and loving and sharing, and it really just means so, so much to me. And I guess while I'm on the topic, I'll just go ahead and ask you too. (laughs) If you haven't, if you've been around and you've been listening to the show and it's really been helpful to you and it's adding value to your life, it would truly mean so much to me if you could just take 60 seconds and either go to iTunes or Spotify and just leave a review of the show. It really, really helps the show gain traction and visibility. It helps the show get pushed out to more people where Apple and Spotify know like, okay, this lady isn't a complete quack and she actually kind of does provide helpful, valuable information on her show each week. So again, if the show has helped you and really served you, it would mean so much to me for you to just take the 60 seconds to do that. All right, y'all. I love you so, so much. Have a great week. I might have a little bonus episode for you with an amazing guest coming for you on Thursday later this week. So make sure to tune back in for that. But I love you guys so dearly. Have a fantastic week and we will see you next Tuesday. All right. Bye. Thanks for listening to this week's episode of the Money Love Podcast. If you're loving the podcast, then I want to invite you to join me in the Overcoming Overspending membership. It's where we take this work deeper and apply the concepts and coaching from each week's episode into your own life. By being a member, you have exclusive access to my Overcoming Overspending process, 10 monthly live coaching calls with me, a private podcast, members-only community, monthly money topic and challenge, bonus courses, and so much more. There's nowhere else like it out there to level up your finances and life. Simply go to overcomingoverspending.com to join and you can enter in the code MLP30 at checkout to save $30 on your first month inside the membership. See you inside.